Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Well, it's uh, 37 minutes after 10. I'd like to welcome uh, Professor Andre Duvenacher, who is uh, the session chairperson for the NWU's research focus area, Social Transformation, as we are going to be talking about... uh, Political stability and democracy in Africa, it seems that uh, with 2021 having a couple of countries in Africa that are going to be voting, it might be one of those years that we need to brace ourselves as a continent. Thank you very much for joining us, Professor Duvenecha. Uh, good evening, Patricia. Nice talking to you and to the listeners. So yourself and uh, some of your colleagues are going to be uh, hosting uh, a world leading, um, um, hosting a discussion on political stability and democracy in Africa. Let's talk about uh, the importance of us observing what happens within our continent and and uh, what outlook this gives on the rest of the globe. Uh, yes, maybe as a starting point, I can say that uh, I have a connection to the business school and we have a webinar going on about this topic on Thursday. And if the listeners are interested in the topic, they are welcome to uh, contact uh, with um, contact me and someone, other people at the university in order to get more information. But basically, if we look at major variables, in the political environment. From a state level, it is stability versus instability. And when it comes to form of government, one of the important variables is from democracy to forms of non-democracy or maybe the other way around. Now, from a business perspective, it is very important to have political stability in a country, and to be in an environment that is predictable, where you know what to expect uh, tomorrow and the day after. Unfortunately, at the moment, in a majority of African states, we are seeing high levels of political instability. That is, unfortunately, currently also the case in South Africa. But if you look at countries like Zimbabwe, recently we have seen elections in countries like Tanzania, Uganda, and uh, Kenya. And there were instability, especially in the build-up, but also after the elections. And in the next year, there will be a number of elections taking place. And the question is, How will this elections influence stability uh, in that particular country? And what is the meaning of this for the business environment? And in short, I can say the business environment wants stability and also, in many cases, democratic principles. And then they can function in a proper way. And taking this to the South African context, currently our country is very unstable due to a combination of political, economic, and social reasons. And just last Friday, I had a conversation, I was part of a program 
where Davi Root was also involved, and he told me from his own perspective where he is working, they have taken more money out of South Africa uh, in, in the history of that company, and literally about no investment from within South Africa in South Africa. And then we need to ask ourselves the question, why is this the case? And the answers are lying with unpredictability, uh, in some cases undemocratic practices, and in other cases levels of instability, if we just look what is going on within the ANC at the moment. But that is also a pattern in Africa, and what can we do to bring about constructive changes in this regard? We are talking A-teamers uh, to Professor Duvenacher, who is uh, a professor from uh, the Northwest University, and we are looking at uh, political stability and democracy in Africa. Now, you can uh, join in on the conversation and give us your views. Clearly, we are South Africans, we are part of Africa, and whatever happens within our country within our borders and around us in our continent affects all of us. Call in on 011-714-2006 or SMS on 41391. You can also WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Professor, you speak about uncertainty. You speak about uh, the the fact that, you know, then business is not going to be able to have confidence in, in, in plowing in investments into a country where there's instability. Looking at what happened in the USA, I mean, uh, as, 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 as the, the there was a change of leadership and government. The, the, obviously, the American dollar took a knock. But in Africa, we don't really have the luxury of having such happening to us. And as you have cited, that uh, um, economist W. Root did also point out to you that there were little to no country um, companies that were plowing in money into South Africa, yet alone other African countries, because of the political instability. Um, so w- what can be done? Well, uh, I think uh, to start with your argument from the beginning, the Americans didn't have a very smooth transition from Trump to Biden, but uh, it was not of such a nature that it influenced their economy in a fundamental way. However, they have some problems with uh, uh, the trade war with the Chinese, their problems with the European Union, and so on and so on. But you are quite right. The environment in Africa is quite different from that. And my take on it is we need to relook at the state as state. And you must ask yourself what is the basic functions of a state. And in the first place, it is to create order, stability and security. And we differ as academics. Some will argue democracy should be first. My take on it is the other way around. You first need order, stability, and security. And then you can create certain mechanisms to manage that order that can be democratic in nature. And unfortunately, in an African continent, we didn't find yet the precise recipe to take this forward. And it has a lot to do with the attitudes of elites. And what is important is that when you have an election, 
and the group is losing, the incumbent is losing the election, then according to the rules, you should obey and you must give the strongest party and their leaders the chance to govern the specific state. Now, unfortunately, this is not happening. And the moment there's democratic elections and it seems as if the incumbents are going to lose, then they, they resist sometimes in a military or a praetorian way. What is quite interesting is what happened in Zimbabwe. Uh, according to the Kampepe report and a few other reports, uh, Robert Mugabe Zanu-PF lost at least two elections in Zimbabwe over the past decade or more. And they shouldn't have kept control of Zimbabwe. But their power, military speaking, was so strong in terms of the bigger political system that the election didn't make a difference. And the outcome of this was patterns of instability. Now, I must say, at the moment, we are also at a very critical point in terms of our democracy in South Africa. The indications, and we will have an election towards the end of this year, a local uh, government elections, and we know that about 80 to 90% of our municipalities are dysfunctional. We know also, according to surveys, that the support of the ANC dropped a lot, and currently their support is around 50%. That is if they can keep unity within the structures of the party. But what if we enter a scenario towards the end of the year, where there's maybe a split in the ANC, their support base are lower than 50%. Are they going to accept it? Will there be an orderly democratic transition? Or will we see what is currently happening in the ANC? People don't want to step aside and leave the levers of power alone. Because if that is the case, we will enter an environment of high levels of instability. And that is the big, the, the big uh, question. Can we go through these elections? Can we elect leaders to represent the people of the country and to assist in terms of the major developmental challenges we have in South Africa, of which poverty, inequality are only two of them. We are talking uh, to Professor Duvenacher, who is uh, looking at uh, political stability and democracy in Africa. Atimas, do you feel that there is instability in South Africa? Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. I've got KGM patiently holding on the line. KGM, good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Good evening, Patricia, and good evening to uh, Professor Duvenach and to the listeners. Um, Patricia, l- let me quickly uh, clarify one or two things that Professor said, which which I respectfully differ with him. You see, it's a pity that obviously Prof, by virtue of his um, uh, profession, he has a lot of 
uh, airtime. He's given a lot of airtime to repeat and sustain a narrative that points our country in a certain light. But he, people like him and analysts like him forget, you know, conveniently so that this is very much systematic. And this is, by the way, Prof, not saying I justify the nonsensical behavior and mis- or maladministration by the ruling party. I'm not supporting that. In fact, I do not believe in politics. But let me give you this as, as, as something to ponder, Prof. I, I, have a, I happen to lead an organization, a company called RRA, Reclaiming and Restoring Africa, right next door to you there in, in Motswedi, not far from where you are, I think 80 kilometers from where you are. There's a development that we're busy with, which roughly estimated at around two and a half trillion. You will not hear this being talked about uh, a lot, Prof, because uh, politics and and, and people like yourselves uh, are not really involved to meddle into it. But here's the point. You say there is nobody who's willing to invest in the country, and that's not true. We've got pledges from across the oceans where people are saying, we don't want to be involved with government. We don't want to be involved with politics. All we want to do is to do straight business where we can have credible people that we can deal with in South Africa or across the African continent. You don't tell that story. And and I'm interested in knowing why would you, what gives you the right to ignore projects, or maybe you're not aware of them. When I finish, uh, uh, just do yourself an, uh, a favor and Google and see. And you should answer the question that you come on air and you say, there is nobody from overseas or foreign direct investments who are, are willing. And you talk about uh, Peter Roos. I mean, you're talking about people that are, you, you, you guys are beds of the same feather. The way you hate black excellence, you, you are galvanized with this notion of South Africa is politics. ANC is not South Africa. Politics is not South Africa. There's people like me who are not are completely apolitical and are doing quite a lot of work in this country and you are not recognizing it. Now, please spare me all of those things that you are saying. You are subjective and I understand that. But do not put all of us, do not paint all of us with the same brush. There are good things that are done by the private sector. It is not your multinationals that you are used to. But we are doing quite a lot of work in our own small little corners we're doing a lot of work, and I, I suggest that next time when you come on air and you talk about these things, do a better research. Make, be aware that there are projects like this, and there are people, companies, organizations that are willing to invest in Africa. It's not as gloom and doom. The fact that Zuma doesn't want to, to adhere to the Constitution, it doesn't represent all of us as a country or as a black nation for that matter. That that's just what I wanted to challenge you with, Prof. And I would like to really listen to your comment or your contribution on that, Patricia. KGM, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, let me give the opportunity to Professor Duvenacher. Thank you, Patricia. Yes, I would like to, to to react in a number of ways. To start with, the South African economy is an economy that needs investment very much in order to grow. So we need foreign money coming into the country. That's the first point. And unfortunately, the figures, and that's not only the figures of Davi Ruud 
that is the figures of a majority of economists are indicating that more money are leaving the country than is coming into the country. So from a macro perspective, this is a negative pattern. Let's look at the official figure for growth in South Africa at the moment. It is negative minus 7 to 10 minus 10 percent. So the economy is becoming smaller. If we look at the uh, economic confidence index for South Africa, it is at the lowest point it was since about 1994. Now, I am not arguing that there aren't private initiative and developments going on. My point is quite straight that there's more money leaving the shores than are coming into the country. And if, and this is a very important point, if we are going to change, and it seems to be the case, Article 25 of the Constitution, then we are going to be in even more and bigger trouble. And you can just listen to a number of people talking about the political economy of the country to get that perspective. Look at Magnus Eistek, look at R.W. Johnson, Mike Schusler. I can mention a majority of them. Coming to a second point, and that is about the ANC. We are talking about state capture to the value of between 500 billion rand and 1,5 trillion rand. And if you look at what happened and you look at the evidence presented before the Zondo Commission uh, from Sydney Mufamadi, Louisa Yafta, and a few others, it is quite clear that we have a serious problem in the country. If we look at poverty, about 50% of our total population is living on the poverty level. The poverty level is around 900 rand uh, a month, more or less in that category. So there's no doubt that we face major challenges. We can't even provide proper electricity. And we must take a look at the tra trajectory of electricity. Around 1998, out of about 60 countries, we produced the cheapest electricity and we could produce not only for South Africa, but for many other countries in Southern Africa as well. At the moment, we cannot even produce for ourselves not to talk about a growing economy. Professor, Professor economy I, I, was, I, need, I need to uh, bring in other points here before our time goes. But I, I'm okay. very concerned about the fact that uh, we are talking political instability and democracy in the entire Africa. And yes, we are yes. in South Africa and we need to zoom in on it. But I want to take us a bit away from where we are as South Africa and bring us into the continental uh, view. We have the yes. Africa Free Trade Agreement. How will this instability in Africa impact to ensure that we revive the, the, the African economy? I mean, South Africa is having its own instability issues. We, we, we are seeing all the other countries that are 
that are going to be holding elections this year, uh, the likes of Chad, Gambia, Zambia, DRC, they might also bring about a bit of instability. What will this do to the Africa Free Trade Agreement? I think it will uh, it will reflect negatively on that, depending on the way the specific governments will deal with that elections. And it's quite interesting. Your countries that are on a higher levels in terms of the stability index, and here I'm talking a country like Botswana, a country like uh, Namibia, they are finding a lot more investment. And maybe even at the moment, a country like like Angola, which is relatively stable, although they have some challenges, you will find a lot of investment going that way. But the moment you are entering states that are falling in the category of what people like to call weak states or failed states, and here I can mention a number, the Ivory Coast is in that context, Sudan is there, the DRC is there, in a way also Zimbabwe. And again, uh, in the South African context, we are also looking at some weak state dynamics. So in in other words, Professor, in other words, are are we saying that this particular Africa Free Trade Agreement might not be as smooth as uh, we had anticipated when the year started due to the political instability? I think from a stability perspective, there's going to be a number of challenges to make this free trade agreement to work in a proper way. Mm. And I can give you a number of arguments, but I think the problem is lying with the state as state and borders that is not functioning in a proper way. People can go from one state environment to the other and uh, it is not well controlled. So you cannot apply the same type of principles that is applicable to countries, say, for example, in the European Union to what is going on in an African context. That is not to say that we don't need to work on this. And I think what President Ramaphosa and others did was to make a starting point. But we need to meet a number of preconditions. And I think Stability is a very important one, and secondly to me, a democratic environment that makes it possible for people to participate, to own land in a country, to make their investment safe. Mm. Professor, Professor, I'm going to ask you to please stay with us. We're going to go to the news and then we'll wrap up our conversation afterwards because I've got Mr. X and Anonymous on the line and a couple of voice uh, notes that I'd like us to go through before we round up our discussion. Excellent. It's 11 o'clock. We'll uh, round up our discussion on uh, political stability and democracy in Africa and uh, what your thoughts are, A-teamers, after the bulletin. And uh, straight after that, trust you me, it's going to be the Closet Conversations. So for all you who are looking forward to it, please do stay tuned. Let's move to Zulekat Kladashe in the newsroom. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
Thank you very much, Zoleka. We'll be with you again tomorrow evening. The time now is seven minutes after 11. This is the Late Night Conversations. And we'll get to Closet Conversations in about 10 minutes or so. Let's uh, conclude the conversation that we had with, uh, we've been having with uh, Professor Duvenacher, Andre Duvenacher. And um, we are talking about political stability and democracy in Africa. Very important uh, topic. Professor, thank you very much for staying with us. Um, I'd like to firstly go to Mr. X, who's been holding patiently. Good evening, uh, Mr. X. Uh, good evening, Pat, Patricia Dooley. Good evening. Oh, Manduri, some peace. Mbele. Uma wamwene. Iku mshigangagan. Ngabang chabula ngapagati, thank you. Iku mshigangagan. Uma wamwabu intombiagandori. Okay. Uh, to get to this, uh, uh, I might be offline because I got the uh, yeah, in the middle. But I just had the your honourable professors talking about the economy of South Africa before ninety four and after ninety four, and that puzzled me because uh, let me tell you, I, uh, when I started working, I, I, I worked in the department of Post and Telegraph. That was PNG, and we were the first black batch to be taken to be swallowed in there. And uh, when we were witnessing each time a white uh, man get married, he would be promoted because he is and get more expensive. If he gets a baby, he would be promoted to get a better uh, uh, salary for his additional expenses. So you cannot compare the economy of the minority. Cyril has to look after for the whole of South Africa, yet the whites were looking for the minority of South African people. They disadvantage us and we were treated like dogs. I'm telling you, I'm sorry, some BC, but I think that professor must think about that. Hmm. Thank you. Mr. X, uh, thank you very much for sharing your views. And it, it, it's very disheartening to know uh, such um, information that people got promoted purely because of uh, their, their, their um, race. But now, in those days, I want to find out from you, compared to now, do you feel that our politics and our stability in politics is any, any different or any better? I'm telling you, economic wise or uh, statutory wise uh, uh, the workplaces are still more or less the same i worked for this company for 38 years and i was an executive but i never reached the scale of the white executive salary that's where all our economy goes to we're doing the same i have to do twice the work of the we're doing 
more than the white guy to earn a salary that is equal to him. So the economy, it's, it's, it's still for the minority for this country. The, the, there is no other way that we can look for the economy to be equal yet if the economy still goes to the minority, the minority of this country. It hasn't changed. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Exa, for sharing with us. Let me go to Anonymous before I allow uh, Professor Duvenacher to respond. Anonymous, good evening. Good evening to you, Patricia. Uh, this was the first time I had to wait for 24 minutes. <laughs> and good evening to you, Professor. Uh, I just want to say, you know, the day uh, this country can unite with each political party, with one another, it's not like being divided if you win KZN then you run KZN, whichever political party win. And I think the IEC must not register any more political parties. We've got too many, and we don't want so many political parties. We want one South African political party, right, who can understand one another. Because we're having so many friction in this country, now people don't want to invest, won't want to invest with us. But, but uh, each, Anonymous, Anonymous, yes? wait, when you say we should only have one political party, is that not stripping away people's democratic right? No, no, listen very carefully. I haven't finished yet. You see, when, like the DA wins West, uh, Western Cape. Mm-hmm. So on the DA will run Western Cape or the DA supporters. The uh, ANC wins KZN. The ANC will run KZN or KZN supporters. No, we should all, every political party should be working every way in every area, whether it's uh, in, in all government departments and in every area, then you will say, yes, you are diverse. At the moment, each one's fighting for the position to be the head of this country. Mm. Right, but no one's, bringing, uh, no one's bringing stability. And then we have so much in-house fighting amongst one another. another. They don't agree with each other. So how is people going to have confidence in us and trust us and come to the country? We, the people, have no confidence in the politicians. So how is it other people going to have uh, confidence in the politicians? Thank you very much. We heard you loud and clear. Thank you, Anonymous. Patricia, I would like to hear from the prof there why South Africa, for instance, did not learn to the Maccabees that they have happened across Africa, which you have just seen currently. The guys who are calling themselves metaphorians wearing military regalia. So what is his views about things that are happening in South Africa and across Africa? Because if you look at people in countries like Nigeria, people have seen change sad, bad things happening there. You go to Ghana, you go to, to DRC, the whole Central Africa. So what are his views on the happenings? Because I think Africans will have to understand the meaning of democracy before getting involved in it. Because it looks like some of them, they just vote, not knowing what the meaning of democracy is to learn from the world. Hi, SAFM. Uh, I've got a problem with what the professor is saying, especially the narrative that uh, the business wants stability in Africa. It seems as if the professor is talking about the Western business. When the Western came to our country to do business in a form of colonization, 
did they bring stability on those days or they've messed up the, our continent and now they are looking for stability because we're still living under the shadow of uh, their uh, colonization of uh, Africa and oppressing Africa. It's Pagamane from Pizza Marzbeck. Patricia, um, good evening. Um, it's nice to be listening to your show and bringing this subject of Africa. Uh, I just want to make one point clear, is that we need to stop talking about things like instability, instability. In Africa, we know why there's instability, whether in South Africa, whether it's in Gambia or whatever. Every time there's an election, people put these views, and these are the views that changes uh, how Africa can move forward to get out of this type of notion or narrative. There's no um, tensions in South Africa or instability. It is because you media, you like to make these things. In the UK, they, everywhere in the world, they don't speak these things this way. But their countries have more, more instability than, than we have. Well, thank you to all the A-teamers who called in and sent voice notes. Let me permit uh, Professor Duvanacher to, to, to sum up and respond to all your questions. Thank you very much yes. for staying with us, Professor. Uh, yes, Patricia, if I can start with the, later, with the last person, I think he's quite right that instability is not necessarily always a negative thing. And instability sometimes create opportunities that can contribute to development and progress. The problem, however, is when instability is becoming a more permanent feature of the environment, then we have some challenges. But beginning with the first person, I must say I didn't make a comparison uh, of the South Africa before 1994 and the one after 1994. I refer to ESCOM of 1998 in comparison to the current situation. But if we take that line, the South Africa before 1994 was a very unstable environment with high levels of disinvestment. If you just look at the 80s and what happened during the 80s, the period before the Rubicon speech. So it is consistent with my line of argumentation. There were high levels of instability in South Africa in the 80s that contribute to a lack of investment. Mm. The lady that talked about uh, the different political parties, in a way, she's quite right. Uh, we have problems with social cohesion in the country. But the party political environment in many ways is a reflection of what is going on at a social level. We are a very uh, diverse society, diverse in terms of race, culture, class, creed, whatever you would like to refer to. And people are mobilizing according to identity. And that is sometimes producing a lot of problems. What we need is the political elites to talk to each other, to bring uh, perspectives together. And I must say 
that at the moment I know about conversations that are going on between the Tabum Beki Foundation and uh, Afrikaner groups about the future of South Africa. Now, the same is applicable to the countries north of us. I think it is time to bring together uh, groups to negotiate, to start processes that are related to what we call state building and nation building. We must come together, we must define common values, and we need to build our political, economic, and social environment on sound principles, values, and norms. And if we can get that right, I believe the investments will follow and we will create patterns of growth and development which will help all the countries in Africa and also South Africa. Professor, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, before I let you go, there's a message here that comes from one of our A-teamers, Donald in uh, Rustenburg, who says he was chatting to his girlfriend and now they're going to be naming their baby boy Andre, in honor of his best political analyst, Professor Andre Duvanacher. And uh, he says he will always be closer to the radio when he is analyzing politics. So there's someone there who's really, really um, a fan of yours. Thank you very much, Patricia. And uh, that is the best news I received today. And thank you also for the opportunity to talk to you and the listeners on your program. And all of the best for you and the listeners. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Duvenacher.